Our New Testament reading this morning comes from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. You can find this on page 1824 of the Pew Bible. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I can hardly stand to read the news anymore. Another man senselessly murdered by police. A group of police senselessly murdered by revenge seekers. More bombs going off, more bodies piling up, and I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick to my stomach over all the senseless violence that seems to lurk around every corner and on every page of the papers. I fear for the lives of the young black people I know, especially the young men, knowing that any so-called routine traffic stop could end their life. I fear for the lives of police officers and security officers who I call friends who could any day go into work and never return home. I fear for my friends around the world in places that are torn by war, those who are in places full of people that could be targeted by terrorists. I fear for my friends of the ethnicities or religions that those terrorists are victimizing. I fear for loved ones serving in the military, combating this evil of terrorism. And nobody can seem to figure out how we're supposed to respond to this. Some people have erroneously taken up the mantle of violent retaliation, shooting random police who are protecting protesters. Some have started online awareness campaigns. Others have been simply battling it out with words with one another about who is right and who is wrong. One thing is clear. This sort of violence causes confusion, it causes fear, and it causes division. 
And in the confusion, in the fear, and in the division, the enemy gains many solid footholds in our lives and in the world as a whole, and we cannot allow that. Today, I read from Ephesians about the armor of God. And I gotta say, after the past few weeks of news, this passage makes me squirm a little at first glance. Because armor, battle gear, seems like a pretty terrible metaphor to use at a time when we just want this string of violent and earth-shaking tragedy to stop it already. So I think it's important to start off our discussion with a reminder to ourselves that this is a metaphor. This is a visualization of how we are to face the world when we feel like it's a battleground. It is not literally calling us to violent arms or vengeance. And interestingly, more of the items listed in this passage are defensive than offensive anyway. Oh, we are to take on violence and injustice in our world. That is clear throughout the pages of scripture from front cover to back. Violence and injustice are sin, blatant brokenness. They are counter to what God is and does in the world. But we aren't to just rush in unprepared with a tirade of words or actions that might hurt and divide and cause more fear. This is how we stand our ground. This is not how we invade other people's ground. This is not how we lay siege to someone else. This is how we stand our ground. God's rightful ground of peace and justice, even in the swirling winds of horror and inequality. We have to arm ourselves with lives of faith and of discipline. Not law, but deepening relationship with God. In the introduction section of the study guide for the book I've recommended this summer, Richard Foster says this about spiritual discipline. The disciplines are not a set of pious exercises for the devout, but a trumpet call to obedient living in a sin-racked world. They call us to wage peace in a world obsessed with war, to plead for justice in a world plagued with inequity, to stand with the poor and the disinherited in a world full of individuals who have forgotten their neighbors. And so we don the armor of God, and we do so by reaching out to God, by listening through prayer. We put on the belt of truth. First and foremost, it is truth that keeps us armed. It is buckled directly around the center of our being. Without truth, we find ourselves lost in a sea of information and words and opinions, and it's impossible to find the right way up. A few weeks ago at a conference, I had the joy of attending a series of seminars with a man named Eric Law. He's an incredible guy, and one of the things that stuck out to me most was his definition of truth. He's Chinese, and so he shared with us the Chinese character for the word truth. When you break apart the character, it is literally 10 eyes on the table. In other words, you cannot find truth alone. It requires many experiences and perspectives to begin to hone in and sift through all the static. 
none of us can find truth alone. No one homogenous group of people can find truth on their own. All of God's people come together to find truth. So we study to learn about others and get to know others and their lives and their ways of life, as well as their particular ways of seeing things, and we share with them our own lives, our hospitality, and our love. And we study scripture together with others from different lives and backgrounds than we are from so that we can explore together God's whole truth. We submit to and serve one another to honor their eyes and to remind ourselves that we are not the only eye on the table seeking truth. We confess our sins and our failures to see other people. We worship together even when we don't want to even be in the same room together and we celebrate together, differences and all. And we put on the breastplate of righteousness. These disciplines will not make us righteous, but rather they help us to seek righteousness in ourselves and in the world. We meditate on God and God's ways and God's word, because in meditating on these things, we ingrain them into our being. And the more they are carved in our hearts, the more we are able to see God in the world around us. We fast so that we might focus on what really matters. We live simply so that distractions from righteousness might be stripped away. We seek guidance as a community so that we might exemplify righteousness. And we wear the shoes of the gospel of peace. In the midst of this metaphor of war wear, the thing that hits the ground is peace. The armor by which we travel, by which we arrive anywhere at all, is that of peace. I read a quote online once that many of you may have seen that says, let me be the sort of woman who when my feet hit the ground in the morning, the devil says, oh, something, she's up. All of this violence, all of this fear, all of this injustice and war, it is of the devil. So let the first thing that hits the floor when you wake up in the morning be a heart filled with God's peace and your feet that carry that peace out into the world. And the devil will surely say when you get up in the morning, oh something, she's up. We do not fight violence with more violence. We cannot do war with injustice through fighting with one another. We combat these evils with peace, God's peace. And we carry the shield of faith. This is not to say that we will never feel attacked. This is not to say that we will never suffer injustice or violence or unrighteousness or fear in our lives. I can tell you from firsthand experience, my friends, that you will be fired on at this journey. And the more devoted to it you become, the more attacked you well may feel. To extinguish the flaming arrows that come your way, you duck behind the shield of faith. Just as Daniel was protected by his faith that was nurtured and built up by years of practice, so shall we be protected by the faith that we have nurtured and built up through the years. With little practice of faith comes a little shield. With much practice of faith comes a much larger shield. Either way, the arrows will fly, so prepare your spirit to deflect them. 
and we put on the helmet of salvation. Putting on the armor does not save us. It is putting on the knowledge of our salvation that is part of our our armor. This is one of the reasons we will be spending a whole week this summer talking about confession and forgiveness. We need constant reminders of our salvation. We need to meditate on the depth of God's love for us, that we can be sure of our salvation. We study God's word so that we might etch that knowledge into our soul. We worship God for the goodness we see in that salvation, and we celebrate that gift. And we carry with us the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Paul's metaphor in Ephesians begins with truth and ends with the word of God. Both words are used frequently to describe Jesus, the beginning and the end. They're even used by Jesus to describe himself. And we know that word and that truth by the power of the Spirit. This does not mean we are to rush around attacking people with the Bible, but that it is our defense when we must stand our ground, when we are being attacked by the forces of fear, violence, injustice, and greed, we engage in our defense through knowing the word of God, through the Holy Spirit, and through scripture. And after arming ourselves in this way, we are called to be alert and always praying, always in communication with God, always listening to God for our own sakes, for the sakes of the world around us, and for the sake of our faith community. And especially that we pray for the leaders that they may preach the gospel fearlessly. Believe me when I say, most of us tasked with proclaiming God's word week after week fully realize what a huge task this is. Especially at times like this where the world seems to be falling apart and we're expected to have something to say about it. And it is not out of our own self-service that we covet your prayers. It is out of our love for our communities and the knowledge that we cannot do this unsupported. Friends, as we try to walk a straight line after being spun dizzy by the crazy, messed up world around us, let us arm ourselves in the way that God calls us to. Let us stand our ground through prayer, meditation, fasting, confession, celebration, worship, and all the rich ways in which we are able to deepen our knowledge of God and see God's righteousness and truth in the world around us. We are not left naked and unarmed in the middle of the battle. Amen.